Hello, and here's the second bonus episode in uh, the conversation between me and my close friend, Michael Wheeler, who I've known since I was in, in nappies. Um, and this was a conversation throughout the 16th of September, over a 24-hour period. Oh yeah, he uh, he he he's um, he's got like a he could intuit his own infallibility and how much he crystallised uh, that that base. Just for the record, uh, for those who don't remember what this is in reference to, is talked about Donald Trump and Donald Trump's assertion that if he shot someone on Fifth Avenue. He still wouldn't lose any of his support from his base. So that they expressed like unwavering support for him. But um, yeah, going back to just going back to the food stuff, uh, like I actually we I take like a really weird pride in the slow accretion of fluids. Like I used to have a, a, a bits of blue roll as a bookmark. And when I was reading, I'd use it to clean out my nose and my ears and then pop it back in the book after reading. So it was a gradually just like a damp grot rag. And then I used to do it with, had the two litre piss bottles in my room in uni. Rather than try and squirrel them away and hide them, I'd, I'd flaunt them. I'd flaunt them to other and I had an Orangey Boom beer mat that I'd use as a wanking flannel. And it was like hard with with semen eventually. But yeah, I just, I don't, I'm not going to go by the polling with the presidential thing because I just believe in, I, th- I, I think data is so malleable. I think you're always, you're always going to have uh, and the gender when it comes to the, the 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 presentation of data, not necessarily in how you're collating it, but in how you're presenting it. Um, yeah, and like you know, the, the the polls famously did not play out as expected during the 2016 uh, race. So um, I yeah, no, I really think Biden will win. I think I think he'll actually win this one. It was like a cloth beer mat, though. So it was like a flannel texture for absorbency of beer, but not cum. Um, how you feel with film? Like how you feel with uh, films uh, compared to books is the reverse for me. Like I can, I'm anchored with a book. I can really focus on a book and immerse myself in it. I can't focus on. Uh, on, on, on like TV and film stuff, I have to make a concerted effort to, to to engage with it. And also, I think it's just like I, I watch most of that shit on my phone, and and just the 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 light from my phone agitates me. So I, I try and stay away from it, especially in the evening. But um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean about watching stuff on your phone. Like I know that sort of. That sort of glow, that light has been 
linked to sort of deteriorating mental health, especially when you watch it at night, like before bed and stuff. But I actually don't watch that stuff on your phone. Gets a bad rap. Like I wouldn't watch. I still don't watch films on my phone because that feels disrespectful. But for like TV and stuff, like I don't know. There's. I feel like I get a sense of intimacy when I've got like my phone right up against my face. Almost like you're at the cinema when you block out the rest of the room and. It's just like this perfect little HD rectangle that, I don't know, just seems to work well for TV when it's always sort of shown up as like a sign of cultural decline. I think sometimes I actually quite enjoy watching stuff on my phone. The book buying thing has become such a big part of my like addictive tendency. Like when I get stressed, like I, I, the reason I'm... It, I'll just give you uh, an exact example now. I found out that um, someone unfollowed me on uh, on Twitter, and I don't I don't really understand why they've unfollowed me. And it's not it's a very minor thing, but just one of those things that kind of pisses you off and causes you a little bit of a bit of undue stress because it's someone that you like, and. Um, and I, and after doing that, like after seeing that, I went on a, a website for a, a publisher and just binge bought like ten books, like in, in, in like in a frantic um, bout of impulsive book buying. And I've looked in the mirror after I've done it, and like my my iris has gone huge as if like I'd taken an amphetamine or something and um yeah I've become like really manic and jittery and I was like that happens quite that, that happens quite a lot in response to uh, uh any kind of stress or or a situation where I just want to um jump out of myself for a moment to uh so I don't have to don't have to experience that anxiety or that stress. And now my escape is by uh, frantically buying books. Like there's no bloody tomorrow. It's very real though. It's like, this is a real like manifestation of my addiction. So like I've got, like even now, like I'm all, I'm all het up. Like I shouldn't. So ridiculous. Like I'm, all, I'm always trying to stave off feeling depressed or feeling anxious or uh, like yeah, just by um, filling my life or filling my day with something that will. Uh, That will uh, that will uh, uh, supercharge the deposits of dopamine. I get in my brain. I don't. I'm, I don't even know. If... Just Pokemon have been chipping in again here. Um, as someone who's quite autodidactic and self-taught, and as a working class person, I definitely have intellectual insecurities. Um, I'm a, a, a voracious reader. I really do uh, read a lot and stuff, but. Uh, trying to alight upon the perfect 
perfectly constructed sentence whether I'm writing or, or, or doing this podcast actually gives me a banging migraine sometimes. Not a migraine, but like a headache, the, 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 the stress of it. It's that Nabokov thing of you speak like an idiot, write like an author, or and then think like a genius or something like that. I definitely don't think like a genius, but I do speak like an idiot. And another comedian once said to me that I'm someone who... Uh, is intelligent but sounds thick, and, I, and there, there's, there's an accuracy there. There, there, there. I can't deny that I do uh, sound thick sometimes, and my uh, brain's working at a million miles an hour. So I'm not. A, I'm, I can be a gregarious socializer in short bursts, very short bursts, but I'm not necessarily a confident speaker or confident in my ability to communicate effectively. But I am confident in my ability to communicate effectively and make people laugh when I'm on stage and I'm having a good gig, uh, but not a gig that falls to pieces. Not Irish. Uh, It's pupil, isn't it? The, the black hole is just a pupil, not the iris. The iris is a bit round the outside, the white. Um, yeah, yeah, it's with the book buying. It's like I do it with a sense of urgency. I don't even know what books I've bought. And then, even though this happened about 15 minutes ago, I've looked back at the list of the books I've bought and I, I, don't, I don't even remember seeing that book and clicking on it. And adding it to the basket. I bought one book about Turkish psychedelia. Up to this point, I've never really had an interest in that, but I'm starting to get into it, and it's it's pretty pretty good stuff. Oh, I need to I need to I need to get a grip on this. Sorry, it might sound a bit muffled because I've got a mask on. Um, yeah, I can totally relate to what you're saying about the Twitter thing. I feel like I've got a really unhealthy relationship with Twitter um, just because, like, I internalise it and allow it to be, like, a referendum on my entire personality. Like, you know, if I get a like or whatever for something that I've said on Twitter, like, I find it hard not to, I don't know, just... I've said before that I don't want my life to be uh, or my, 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 my worth to be determined by arbitrary metrics. Uh, but thus is uh, the, the, the modern world is inescapable. See that as a validation or obviously if you don't get that like, then it's the opposite thing. And like if I post something on Twitter and it doesn't get a like within the first 10 minutes, I genuinely feel like waves of shame, like as if I've just posted something really dumb or just not funny or boring or whatever, and it's fucking ridiculous, like, to get wrapped up in it like that. And especially as well because, you know, the people that we're trying to, I don't know, impress or get likes from online, like, you know, 90% of the time we don't know these people in real life and... um 
I'm reading that book at the moment called Do Nothing by uh, Lisa Tadeau, I think her name is. And uh, there's a bit in that where she mentions like so much of social media is trying to impress or, you know, get the attention of people that have no context for our actual real lives. And that really hit me because it's like, why are you looking why are you looking for validation from people that have no sense of who you are in the real world when you know you could quite literally be on your phone doing that next to your family or your friends or your partner or whatever and you know why aren't you more focused on how they see you but yeah i guess that's just fucking social media 101 um it's not really insightful it's just like the game that we've all been sucked into but yeah, i really struggle with that on twitter and doing these stupid little messages i find quite useful actually to give me something else to focus on so if i have a little thought that pops into my head instead of twitter being the place that i go to write it down i can hopefully just bore you with it instead but even that's and bore you the listener not really i love you michael thing because you know you know i know we mentioned um make making this into a a stupid podcast or something and as self-indulgent as that would be like at least this conversation is with someone i've known for years and i guess there must be something in sharing that conversation with someone that i actually know and those thoughts with someone that i actually know But yeah, in terms of the addiction, I like. I feel like that's so far the opposite of me. Like I'm, all of my neuroses are about trying to stop the extremes of things. So keeping a flat level playing field and not feeling extremes of emotion, whether that's through like drugs or drink or whatever. Um, that's that I don't know it's like that fear of excess and becoming out of control and I suppose addiction is inherently an inability to not stop that need for excess and it is a sort of embracing unwillingly of the lack of control and I feel like I'm so hyper aware of always wanting that control I'd probably find it quite hard to relate to that idea of addiction How's, um, with all that stuff though, how's uh, therapy going? So I know you're saying that you've been speaking to someone, so hopefully that might help in some way. Um, I don't know if we should wrap this up soon, because this is probably, this is pretty disgustingly self-indulgent as it is. It's probably up to like half an hour now, so I don't know if we should make these the last messages. Um, I'd just also like to say I feel bad about calling Trump fat because his value as an awful human being is in no way related to his body shape. Um, And I I do take back calling him a fat human. What's it? Even though he's undeniably orange and lumpy, I didn't want that to seem fatphobic. Just to clarify. Oh, Michael. Michael, Michael, Michael. 
that's what I call a pussy. You play pussy, but no, I'm only joking. That's uh, it's kindness. It's just uh, making sure that no one who's listening to this feels uh, feels alienated or ostracized in any way. So I, I, I respect I respect that. Um, also, just a clarification: when I went on that big thing saying I can relate to addiction, I forgot that I can't stop eating food. <laughs> That's probably quite telling, actually, that I've mentioned food and body image a few different times over the course of these little voice notes. So, um, yeah, paging Dr. Ford. <laughs> uh, that's good. That is uh, classic, uh, classic uh, humouring from the old... Uh, yeah, just want to, you know, I'm going to... I've got to stop. I have to stop. I've got to stop. Yeah, um, yeah. Sort of with Twitter is sort of a des- website designed to make us buzz off our nuts. Anyway, I think that's a, uh, uh, I think that's a, a, a truism. I think it was engineered that way. Um, yeah, I completely agree with what you said. Like, it's, it's irrational to invest so much time and energy into um, like evanescent. Twitter relationships, especially where, especially when like, I'm totally unwilling to tend to the in real life relationships uh, that I have, if if it encroaches on my time in any way, like I'm com- I'm completely willing to to sack you off all the time and our arrangements, but uh, uh, yeah, I I I I I feel I need to. But I feel I need to be present on Twitter to a lot of the time to people I've never met in my life. I need to keep up appearances to them. Um, but yeah, I don't know what is it you're chasing. Because it's permanently out of reach. It's like the same with a drug high. Who was it I was listening to today who was talking about Oh, yeah, the podcast, the Lena Dunham podcast, where they talk about the Whitney Houston's fame and how she, when she got to the point of being, you know, the, after the bodyguard, the like level, the, the sort of upper echelons of, 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 of international fame. And she got there, something she'd been working towards her entire life. And then she was just like, is this it like what what now what you're trying to reach always escapes you because uh because attaining what we seek is always underwhelming the ultimate province of meaning is the flow of generativity and fertility the drive the motion towards attainment which i've mentioned in the last uh podcast and I think there's something to that. That's the thing that gives your life purpose is a, is a striving, moving towards something. Like the moon. When Neil Armstrong assaulted the moon, for years he was going, I'm going to touch that. I'm going to fiddle that. I'm going to fiddle that, that, that big glowing sucker in the sky. 
Go diddle it. Go diddle the moon. Diddle the moon. Go <laughs> rub it. Go rub the moon. Then when he did, everyone was like, oh, oh that's like a, you know, a good uh, feat of... Uh, what were what humans are capable of? You know, it's uh, it's, it's, it's it's pivotal. It's it's a, it's a big moment in our history. But but what did it lead to? What did it lead to? Nothing. Just I'll occasionally re- release a, a series of magazines about the moon landing, and with each magazine, you get a, a little wooden bit. When you put all the bits together, it makes up the Apollo ship or the moon or Neil Armstrong. Then you've got then you've got that. And I've realised it with getting, you know, getting getting the book deal. Like this should be, uh, and it is. I, I, it should be a landmark. Not a landmark. Yeah, like landmark. It should be like a pivotal point in my life. It's like the sort of the best thing that's happened to me career-wise. And the happiness I got from it um, was so fleeting. It's just like, what now? Then I look at another opportunity. Uh, didn't got put in for that thing, didn't get that thing. But rather than thinking, oh, it doesn't matter, I've got this other thing going on, let's be content with that. It's like you're constantly chasing ball balls. Now, I don't know. Or moons. Or moons. Constantly chasing moons, mate. And, uh, uh, what, uh, where's the satisfaction? Where's the satisfaction? Like, we've known each other for nearly 30 years and you're such a permanence in my life that I feel like I, I don't have to do shit for you. <laughs> I, li- I, don't, I don't have to do any maintenance on this friendship. It's, it, it's, 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 it's locked. It's, uh, it's, it's always going to be there. Is never going to escape my grasp. Like, you will always be there for me. Always. And I don't have to do shit to earn that kind of loyalty and vice versa. You don't have to do shit for me. And I'm always going to be here, lingering forever. Forever behind you. I am the wind beneath your wisp. <laughs> and we'll end it. We'll end it there for the moment. And there'll be one more of these. And um, and yeah, that's 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 it for the time being. Yeah, we will. Me and Michael had a bit of back and forth again uh, today about the uh, 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 American elections. And about the, the the left's commentary on how the the Democratic Party or the Labour Party is performing, 
and I said, I, 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 Michael believes that someone who is uh, considered far left never has a chance of of winning. I said, but it's not always about that big victory. It's about the Overton window and making sure that that's been shifted. So, so that, you know, being against profit extraction, market mediated or commoditized care or any market oriented reforms and policies, or even the inherently careless practice of growing the economy rather than properly distributing what's there shifting the Overton window so this no longer seems as radical as it once was, or other things like mobilising and cultivating radical cosmopolitan conviviality, porous borders and green new deals, reclaiming forms of genuinely collective and communal life. That's the way I want the world to be. That's the, these are the organising principles I want to live by. And it's what's been happening under sort of Corbyn or Bernie. I I, I wasn't. I I've I've, I've I've got a lot of hang-ups about uh, Jeremy Corbyn, but shifting the Overton window, making this stuff mainstream. You know, like Biden's actually convened panels with AOC and Bernie and adopted the messaging of what was considered the far left but it is it, it, not so much anymore it's now sort of kind of drifted into the center and like republicans are calling biden a socialist which is like utter shit so that middle ground isn't a fixed position but yeah i hate economic growth policies and you realize it's a myth that it's a necessity i'm just totally against uh neoliberalism because i think there's something in in inherently careless about neoliberalism just worrying about the markets not the people uh anyway here's another yeah this was pretty quiet again it's it's just the normal uh it's got the normal texture of a conversation like it can be quite baggy and 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 and, and elliptical and digressionary and quite boring in a lot of ways but um that's and it's very self-indulgent, like Michael said. So, uh, but here we are. It's another bit of, bit of content for you. <laughs>